Andy Altman. Hey, I'm Andy Vaughn. And today we have our guest. Casey Tower. Hey, Casey. Thanks for stopping by today. Welcome. Yeah. I can't hear, I can't wait to hear all about you. Um, so just really quick, I just want to touch on and review uh, for our listeners who might be first time listening that Field Firefighters podcast is kind of an extension of a nonprofit that I started last year. And our nonprofit basically is to show appreciation to firefighters for all that they do to make our community safe. Like it's amazing what you guys do. And I just, when I started it, I just didn't feel like you guys got enough appreciation and that there wasn't enough out there. And then I know that sometimes um, when we had that cold snap uh, two winters ago, I know that some fire stations like went without, they didn't have a proper heater or whatever. And I thought, huh, I think they need help uh, with, with getting stuff for their fire stations. And I wanted to help out. So uh, Fuel the Firefighters was, was uh, created. And uh, basically the weekend of 9-11, I go and deliver catered lunches and I donate money to the fire stations. Eventually what I would love is I want to have a grant uh, so that way fire stations can apply and I can help them get uh, equipment or the resources. Things, resources that they need for their fire stations. And I, I want it to be Dallas Metroplex strong first, but I, I totally could see this becoming a national thing if it catches on. Very cool. Yeah. And this podcast is a really great way to get our name out there. And I can, I technically, I would love to interview all kinds of firefighters. They don't have to be in, um, in my area. They could be anywhere in the nation. So anybody who's listening, if you know a firefighter, whether they live uh, in the South or North or, or East or international, uh, wherever they are, or maybe military firefighters. That or like offshoremen. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of different kinds. And it doesn't matter. Retired even. There's a lot of really yes. great stories. And, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, on that note, very, very soon in November, Andy and I are going to be taking a cruise yeah. to the Bahamas. That's right. We will be taking our podcast equipment and we will find the cutest firefighters <laughs> not experience right now experience I could I say cutest I meant experience firefighters <laughs> we will interview them that's funny yes mm-hmm. yeah I'm on that team whether or not they're single anything <laughs> well we're really about the the experience and the sharing and the stories to, yeah and the service that they that you guys provide sorry to objectify you guys yeah okay yeah. Uh, well, we'll call HR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, a little housekeeping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. HR. Uh, <laughs> uh, in in the month of March, uh, we are organizing a gala for March 25th. Uh, it's a really cool location. I'm not at liberty to say exactly where it is at the moment because I'm still locking it down. But there's this guy who collected antique fire trucks. It's pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. And he's building this museum and and I think he's going to let us use the space. So yeah, it should be really cool. So uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, so for our podcast, uh, for the listeners listening in, any stories that Casey tells us, uh, he's not going to mention exactly who he works for and the stories you tell 
just uh, not to actually name the, the patient's violations yeah, yeah or actually actually even, you may even be considerate about your um colleagues and and or oh yeah that's true mm -hmm. just i mean you know names are potentially changed to protect everybody. unless you know for a fact we think it's hilarious then you can yeah. Yeah. or that we would think it was hilarious <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway yeah well tell us about you casey well i grew up um in irving texas okay. and um I have uh, been a fireman now for 20, just over 23 years. Oh, wow. My goodness. That's seasoned. I consider that seasoned. You're an old timer, but not old. Right. 20 years. No, no, you're, no, you're not old. How old are you? I'm 45. No, you're not old, old at all. No, no. 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 We are in the boat We're with you. Just, We're all right there. Right there. <laughs> I actually launched me 45 on the cruise. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. And I just did, well, a few months ago. Yeah. So you, have you worked for the same fire department the whole time or do you? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Did you go to academy um, with this department or before or how did that work? How did that so I am a second generation firefighter. Um, so I knew very early on that that's what I wanted to do. Same department, I remember same. Same department, same city, same city um, as my dad. Um, my dad did 29 years. Oh, great. Um, and I'm coming up, like I said, just past 23, actually on the 18th of October. Oh, wow. So um, I, I knew very early on that's what I wanted to do. Um, I got to spend nights at the fire station when I was a kid. and go up and play volleyball on Friday nights. Mom would drop my brother and I off up there for um, basically three babysitting from sure. 10 other guys. Yeah. And um, we get to, they pull the trucks out and we play volleyball or basketball or whatever in that bay. And um, I loved it um, from, from the word go. So knew that's always what I wanted to do. That's amazing. So I guess, did you ever work with your dad then or no? I did. I had the fortune of working actually two 24-hour shifts with my dad. Oh, wow. Um, before he retired. So that's pretty cool. It was very cool. I got to drive him one shift. He actually came um, to the south part of town where I worked, and um, I got to drive him because he was lieutenant. And so I got to drive him one shift there. And then um, there was one shift that I got to go up and work with him at his station. But did you ever work the same shift at different stations so you could hear his traffic on the radio or you could hear his voice? No, actually, when I was in the academy, um, he actually did a very short stint um, in communications. Mm. Um, so I did get to hear him on the radio some with that. And when I first came out, I guess the first probably six to eight months that I was out in the field, he was still at the, um, he was still in communications. Mm. Um, but as far as us being on the same shift, no, we were never were. So it, he was always on a shift. I've always been on C shift. Oh, um, so you come in and then he'd yeah. go there. So it made things challenging with, uh, family vacations and oh. holidays and stuff like that. But, um, we're a fire family and our, my wife, uh, Sarah and my mom and the rest of our family just have always adjusted. Our family. We never do. Christmas or Thanksgiving on Christmas or Thanksgiving. Um, we always do it on a different right, day. Right. So it works. Yeah. From my past experience and just being an EMS, I understand that too. You get lucky if you're off on that day. It's yep. like, whoa, in seven more years, I may be off on that day again. Yeah. 
That's great. I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Usually, and people are very, um, just for the listeners, I mean, I just worked on the ambulance quite some time ago, but people are really gracious too. And sometimes it's questionable what they bring by and share, you know, as meals. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times we appreciate prepackaged or like home cooked, especially in smaller towns. I did. Um, I loved that. But People are kind, you know, a lot of times they provide things. So it's funny you said that. I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in an earlier podcast or not. I had a firefighter as a patient once because mm-hmm. I'm a dental hygienist. That's my vocation during the week. And he told me that when people bring stuff by, they smile, they say thank you. And after they leave, usually they throw it away. That's what he said. Because like, he was like, We've been to houses, there are hoarders, they've got a thousand cats. I was going to say, there's cats on the cabinet and a lot of people. It depends (laughs) on what part of town you were. But from the listeners, for the listeners, you know. So it's appreciated the thought. That and, you know, gift cards or grocery, local grocery, or asking them what would be helpful sometimes or. Right. That's actually happened to us several times recently where there'll be somebody behind us in the grocery line at the grocery store and they'll just, or in front of us and they'll just say. I'm paying for all the groceries. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's like, we really appreciate that's that. amazing. Yeah. So for the groceries, since we're there, uh, do you guys pay for your own groceries or is there like an allowance? Or is- Everybody brings in $15 a shift at my station. Um, and then whoever's up to cook that day goes and they they take that the $15 per man. So it's basically 150 bucks for the shift. Um, and then we they, whoever's going goes to the grocery store and they buy the stuff for lunch, for dinner, and then breakfast the following shift. So that when we come in, we don't have to go to the grocery store super early in the morning. Okay. We already have our stuff there for breakfast and then cook. That's great. You know, for those of you who are listening or those of you who are watching, I mean, as we know right now, just our current climate where the groceries are a little bit more expensive and there's less in them, you know, it's a great opportunity to think about fueling the firefighters through um, Instagram, Facebook, different links that are provided to to donate if you want to do that. Yeah, actually, uh, we do have a link uh, if you want to donate uh, to fuel the firefighters uh, on, on, well, yeah, on the Facebook, on Instagram, on my website even, and uh, you can choose to do a monthly donation or a one-time donation. And, uh, and then I guess if, if you want, you can email me and it, and, and I can, you can designate your donation, uh, for groceries and mm-hmm. I would get that out to the, to the firefighters. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because even if you wanted to share very briefly, Jackie and your, um, the recent, um, donation, the lunch delivery and the gift cards, that was a huge opportunity. So therefore this would be the same type of, that would be, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, and it just came to my mind thinking you guys are buying groceries at 150 bucks. How many of you were in the in the um, the station at one time eating up the 150 bucks? That's where I was going. My shift is we've got 10, so we've got 150. <laughs> That's 10. 10. Um, but you know, it's crazy because when I first got on, we were paying six dollars a man for groceries. And now it's okay. 10. And there's some stations that are 20. Um, it just depends on you know, you get your the guys usually get their kind of set meals that they do. I mean, it, it rotates so that I roughly cook once a month, unless it's a a weird time when you got a bunch of guys off, you know, on long long vacations or ha- having babies and stuff. It doesn't. Uh, it only comes around about once a month, 
So I can pretty much cook. I've got one or two meals that I do and I can just alternate those and nobody really gets tired of them because it's only once you're, you're only getting it once a month. Right. But the cost, you know, I don't think we think about, you know, that you guys are paying for that and you're providing service. And I mean, granted, we all take our lunch to work or we buy our own lunch, but there's a, a lot of you. And I don't think that people really understand kind of the life of a firefighter in the station, which is another, maybe a whole other. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's an enigma to me. I, I didn't even know that you guys paid for your own groceries. I just figured since you guys are. You think? Oh. The like, city? No, which we would pay with taxpayer, no. like, taxpaying dollars. No. Yeah. No, or like they take their own lunch. Yeah, I. They don't get. I like, just thought because they have to stay there for that shift for that twenty four hours. I just thought that I don't know. Well, when I was, I'll just tell you when I was on the ambulance. From my experience, when I was on the ambulance and I would work on a twenty four hour, I'd be on twenty four and then off forty eight or work forty eight twenty four. Um, we would go to the grocery store as well, and we didn't bring anything from home because our home groceries were for family or for at home. And sure, we didn't, if we brought a lunch, it would be a snack or something in particular I wanted to snack on, you know, sunflower seeds or whatever. Um, Cause you sit sometimes in the ambulance waiting at different station areas in the city, I mean. Um, but yeah, we went to the grocery store and it was probably five to six bucks back then, you know, a day. And we would just, there would just be two of us or four of us. And we, we just bought 20 or $25 worth of groceries. I want to know what your go-to recipe is. This one that people don't get tired of. We need to know the recipe. Uh, I've got two that I do. Um, and they have tried to, some guys have tried to steal them over the years. <laughs> and you sound like you're not getting, one, yeah. One guy in particular at my station has tried to steal several of my meals. But um, <laughs> um, I do a poppy seed chicken oh. casserole that my grandmother actually made for me when I was a kid. And it's always been... Every station I've ever worked at, I've never had anybody that doesn't like it or complains about it. Um, it's all, it always goes over well. So that's probably my go-to. What about lunch? Do you do sandwiches or something easy? Or lunch, well, I get creative. It depends. Depends on what the guy cooked the shit before and if there's a lot left over because we try to save money, obviously, if we can. And so if, you know, if they did, you know, pork chops or something the shit before and we've got some of that stuff left over, then we may try to do that for lunch. Um, but usually for me, if I've got to do lunch and dinner, I'm usually doing um, like a taco salad for lunch. Mm, taco um, salad, yeah. Um, or, you know, soft tacos, kind of build your own top deal. And then I'll usually do the, I like to do the poppy seed chicken. I'll do carrots with that and green beans and rice and salad. That sounds good. Um, I had two different thoughts crossed my mind was in the, do you, do you all throw your money in the kitty to have extra cash on hand if there's enough left over, or do you just hold back your cash and not put it in? So everybody pays 15 regardless. And if I go to the store and I'm like the, the, those meals for me, I'm able to do, I've got it down to the point where I can do it for about a hundred bucks or a little over. And so yeah. I can, I can save some money. So when that money, we bring that money back, and we'll give that to our officer. He keeps that in his locker. Great. So that when we have things show up or some new rookie comes in and decides he wants to do something, has no idea what it costs, and he goes $50 over right. the grocery store, we've got money to cover that. Like a petty reserve. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we did go down that rabbit hole about groceries, but it's just such a, a big part of living the life at the station, right? Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah mm -hmm. so that's I think to the point that like any opportunity that we have to to continue to fuel the firefighters these gifts these donations go to these guys and, and to their stations 
Yeah, so when we went uh, this year, we donated to, to the 11 fire stations, $300. So that money, I think, went toward one station got themselves a new TV. Uh, they said it's huge, which is really exciting. I need to find out what, what the other fire stations did with their money. I need to know who got a really cool big TV for 300 bucks. No, they, that's a good deal. Do they get a discount? I'm sure. Maybe or someone had a credit, but they did. I can't remember I what think, they said. I think what they said was they, they used the $300 and then they pitched in a little bit more and the, the TV was like maybe five, five hundred. That's great. But yeah, that's so, awesome though. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the, the guys there who can just hang it and mm -hmm. set it and do all the stuff. And then I think like uh, the previous year, there was a fire station that used the money for their cable bill because the cable bill, I guess is extremely high too. I'm not really sure how that works, but it was like really a lot of money. And I'm like, okay. But anyway, so uh, what else about the fire station do, do you spend time doing over there? Like, do you guys do a lot of sports? Like your specific station, how do you guys spend the, the, the time? Um, we usually, we're supposed to get one hour of exercise a day. Um, so we, my shift is pretty good about everybody works out and tries to stay in shape for the job. And so we'll definitely work out, um, not necessarily as a group, um, guys do their own thing, but usually everybody gets to work out in at some point, um, during the day. Uh, there's a lot of TV that gets watched by some guys. I'm not a big TV person. Um, you know, one of the biggest complaints that firemen, that have been around for a little while have now about the way that they're building these new fire stations. It's the old fire stations, we were on, right on top of each other. Mm -hmm. um, they were, all those spaces were big and their communities, they weren't big, but they were community spaces. Um, the bedrooms were one big room with a bunch of beds thrown in there. And now, while it's nice to have the privacy when you go to bed at night, it, most of the stations now, everybody has cubicles. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with cell phones, cell phones weren't really that big of a deal when I first got hired. And now it's like everybody's got their own laptops and cell phones right in the pocket. And so um, there's not near as much. That would be my biggest complaint now is would just be that there's not as much community. We don't just sit around the table and talk um, or sit on the couches in the living room and talk as much. Um, as we did when I first got hired. So I can see that. It's the, uh, the, the interpersonal interaction just globally, much less just on a, in your regular job. Yeah, I can see that because we all just kind of get into whatever we've got going on and it's right there or even your sport or your, you know, but do you all have a team like an, like an intramural or whatever it's called, like a, you know, a team of sports or y'all play ball or anything we don't. against other department or stations. I mean, there's some stations um, that, you know, they'll have got the space out back or whatever that play volleyball in the evenings or whatever. Um, where I work, we are pretty much in the concrete jungle. Oh, um, yes. We've even have underground parking. Like we can't even, like, I wonder. Our, our lot is completely taken up with fire station. So it is how I've seen so. it. I wondered where you parked. Okay, so we're going to move on. I'm going to ask you a question uh, because it is about uh, Field of Firefighters is about showing appreciation to you guys, but it's kind of like in, in honor of the, the 343 that fell mm -hmm. um, in New York. And um, 
I mean, you're 45, so uh, you probably were like in your early 20s, right? It was right. You, were, you were actually were already fighting for So were Brand you new. on shift or what? Like what, what, what was your day like that day? Do you remember where you were? I do remember exactly where I was. Um, when the uh, first plane hit the first tower, um, I was still in bed asleep because I had worked my shift um, the day before and then had rode an overtime ambulance the next day. And so I was exhausted and I was still in bed. Um, my wife uh, was pregnant with our daughter, uh, with our first, and she came in and woke me up and said, you need to get in here and see this. Um, and woke me up and I went in and started watching from that point. So I went to the station the next day for my normal shift. And I can tell you that that was uh, all consuming for several weeks. That was right. uh, yeah. All we did was watch the news for several weeks. Um, yeah. Other than make runs. Were there, I guess, um, calls for larger cities or different municipalities to help and send folks up already? As soon as it was happening, were y'all already talking, I guess, as a as an as an agency to say, hey, we can go volunteer? Did you have do you have any colleagues that went? Um, I don't have any that personally went. Um, I do have family that lives in Connecticut. And so I know that some of them helped out in one way or another. Um, but um, I was not a part of any special operations team. Most of that stuff was handled by FEMA, um, sending the, the national or the FEMA recognized urban search and rescue teams are the ones that went up there um, and did most of the work. Mm -hmm. with, along with the New York fund, obviously. Yeah, and I think I know the answer partially to that question because we have another firefighter that's retired that's going to be doing an interview with us soon. Uh, he he is retired, but he's on the Texas task force. And he was saying that he, he was deployed out there for two weeks. And that particular firefighter also was deployed out to Hurricane Katrina mm -hmm. too. So when that happened, but, uh, and um which tells the story that you guys are not just showing up and sitting inside all day long. That I was going to ask you too. It takes me to another change. That's what I was going to ask while ago. But you're not just sitting inside the station all glued around the TV. There are chores. There are things to do. Oh, absolutely. There's a station to run and there's administrative. There's continuing education. There's Yes, there's so many things. How many hours of continuing education do you guys need? Oh, I don't actually know the number on that. Um, but I am at one of our urban search and rescue stations for my department, and we have training um, just about every single shift. Um, we do something at the station level every weekday. Um, we usually, our officers will give us the weekend to just relax and like this time of year, watch football and um, stuff during the day, but we will do some sort of training. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's an all day deal, but it'll be an hour or more each day of some sort of training that we do, whether it's fire related or whether it's special operations related. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, the fire station, it's our second home. Like our moms and our wives don't show up with us. So- And there's no cleaning crew. Yeah, so bathroom, if you, if you don't clean bathrooms, bathrooms don't get cleaned. So, um, and a lot of times that's reserved kind of as the, the rookie's job, yep. but it depends on- <laughs> Depends on what station you're at too. And the station that I'm at now is um, there's a lot of guys that have got not quite as much time on as I do, um, but are in the 10, 12 year mark. Um, and so everybody pitches in and helps out. And 
when it comes to, like you said, even earlier with cooking and cleaning up after, and, um, yeah. Oh my gosh, Casey, I don't know this answer. What is, what is your ranking? Like, you're definitely not a rookie. No, I'm a, I'm a driver. A driver? I drive a truck. Okay. Not. How many That's years cool. normally do you apply for that? Do you bid on that or do you have to be promoted to that? It's a promotion. It's a, so the, in my department, the driver engineer rank is just a written test. Um, you have to it'll be 500, 800 guys show up to take the test and there may be a hundred slots. Um, so it just kind of depends on where we're at as a department in attrition, how many people are retired, whatever, how many they're actually promoting. Um, I actually waited really a long time to promote. Um, I had 17 years on before I ever even took a driver's test. Um, and I made it on the first one I took, so. Is there, and that, no, that's, and that's remarkable, uh, really. Is, in the event that there was an, would there be an opening somewhere that you would need to fill? Would you move stations if you made driver potentially, if, the, if there wasn't a driver spot open at your? Most, like, most of the time there is not a driver spot or, or any other rank, whether you're promoting to Lieutenant or Captain, there's, there are a handful out there that of guys that have gotten to stay at the same station, but um, we actually feel like or I feel, I know that kind of our command staff does as well, is that it's not really a good idea to move from being a private or a driver to an officer and stay at the same station with the same crew. Agreed. Because um, you're having to go from being a buddy to being a boss. It's and it's a It can be a tough transition depending on um, the crews you work with and hmm. your leadership skills, I guess. So. And it's, I say that too, just in other professions, it's sometimes difficult to manage your recent former peers uh, and, or sometimes just to avoid, you know, any contention or potential someone else who applied for the role. Sure. Right. So, and you get to experience and learn from moving to a different station with different personalities and opportunities, challenges they may have or need help with. Well, it makes you a more well-rounded firefighter. Um, the first 15 years of my career, I mean, I worked in a part of town that it was pretty much just small one-story frame houses. And while we had a great time and we fought a lot of fire, um, I had no experience at all with elevator emergencies, with high-rises, um, large apartment complex, multi-story com you know, complexes. And so as I have moved around a little bit in the city, um, it's really helped more well around me as a firefighter um, because I've gotten to experience different. I've never been stationed in our downtown area, our central business district, but uh, the part of town that I'm in now is it's like a central business district. It's just yes. moved a little bit outside of the central business district. So um, we've got everything in my district right now from one story frame houses that are a thousand to 2000 square feet, um, all the way to homes that we were in a home the other day that was 22,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then high rises and office buildings and apartments, kind of stuff, apartments. Um, so it, there's, it's, there's a lot of aspects that, you know, help if you move around a little bit, um, to learn different aspects of the job. Let me ask you a question. And this may be a little bit off, but uh, off the current topic, but with regard to the all the different types of structures you just described, would you say that the majority of the calls that you run are to support EMS or are they actual fire on an average day? 
Um, it depends on what you're writing. Um, as a department and as a nation, the fire departments across the nation, um, EMS is definitely, and you're in a support role for EMS sure. most of the time. Um, there are areas of town um, where you're going to fight more fire, but you can't chase fire. Um, it, it moves around the city. It's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I remember when my dad and I were both on at the same time, my dad worked in an area of town that wasn't historically known for fighting a lot of fire, but it just so happened that where I was, we did, but we were on a, what we would call a drought. We hadn't had any fire in the same month, two or three months. And my dad was burning it down in the area of town that he was in. And so mm. you can't chase it because it moves around. It'll move on you. So, you know, I want to ask you, Casey, as far as being a firefighter and fighting fires, I know that you all do a number of other things. What, when someone calls 911 or they call the fire department, what are they calling about? What do they need you to do? What do they want or need from you? Kittens in the tree? Everything. Um, <laughs> we are a catch-all. We really are. Um, I have done everything from um, find a remote control for your television set, mm. oh. um, all the way to, you know, relighting a water heater. Um, we obviously make water runs. If you have a bursted pipe, uh, something like that, we're going to come do water removal. Um, I didn't know that. Gas testing. Yeah. Kids locked in the, you lock your kids in the car or lock yourself out of the car. Um, yeah. Plumbers, electricians, we pretty much do it all. And then, you know, we, we know that we see fire trucks on the highway for accidents. Sure. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you have the different tools that obviously, you know, an ambulance doesn't have. So we know that your support is there too. And then also you're in a really big red truck. So we see, you know, that we need to start moving over and start respecting your space. Yeah. Well, you do. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't. Yeah. We, we should be pulling over to the right if yeah. we see, you know, I have a question that never occurred to me. Okay, so if the uh, person who is in need of services, they call 911, and they're talking to the 911 person that, I guess, operator. this is the operator, mm -hmm. do they do they call you guys and say, oh, honey, you're not going to believe the situation or whatever? No. Or, no, it's, no, it's just like a code that they punch a button. Exactly. They just connect as soon, it. as soon as they enter that call, they get so some very minimal information that they need and they press a button based on the location and who it's dispatches who is the closest. Hmm. I bet in small towns where it was like <laughs> Mayberry, they probably talk a little more, but with as many calls coming in, right, right. you know, with remote controls lost. No there's there's <laughs> now we do sometimes get comments. <laughs> On our you sure. know, our MDCs, we'll get we'll get comments, and some of those can be funny at times. From, you know, things that the person, the caller, has actually said to the dispatcher, and they'll type it in. So we sometimes we kind of have an idea of whether it's something really really serious or yeah. not be so serious when we get there. Well, I bet since you've been in the business for a long time, do you have do you have maybe a story you want to share? I always like like to ask that anything that sticks out in your mind and your career that defining is like a like a defining or defining whatever. That's a broad. That's a that's, that's a broad topic. It's it a is. big. It's a yeah. It's a big gate. Um, I would say probably, and I kind of mentioned it earlier. One of the funnier runs that I have made was um, a nine one one, and also one of the most frustrating at the same time. 
was a 911 call for um, a residence and the woman happened to be in her mid to late 80s and if she had one she had 200 cats in her house oh, and don't look at me she <laughs> so andy has cats that's all i'm gonna say she's got cats back to you casey um anyway so she had 200 cats she, she called and when we got there she really we we couldn't really get her to tell us what she needed and finally she just came right out and said that she had lost the remote control to her tv and she had called and it was three o'clock in the morning that's her heart um, and so we get that a lot believe it or not not necessarily a remote control but um, elderly people that yes. are lonely that you know they're awake in the middle of the night for whatever reason they'll call and it can be very trying on our patients at times but we we do our best to continue to give the goods customer service that we would whether it's an emergency or not let me ask you a question to, to that no and I, that's got to be colorful because i think that the general public doesn't probably believe that you guys try to go to bed and try to get sleep because it is 24 hours and so a three o'clock call means that the tones have gone off and they woke you up and you have to respond right exactly um so rain and snow sleet or shine um do you send the engine in a case like that or do you send a smaller truck um hopefully the engine since i drive the truck uh, hopefully they send the engine i don't have to go to bed for something like that um with that i i was on an engine company that day um that we answered that call mm. so hopefully an ambulance does not get called for that sometimes uh, they're they're overloaded as it is their run volume is crazy um with just with just with emergencies and then you tack on things that are not emergencies that people call for as well that ambulances get sent for just it just depends on what they say when they call right as to what button they push for who they send so well i mean i had a one time years ago again i was on the ambulance i had a call for blood coming from the ear of an elderly man it was about 2 30 in the morning and so we ran the call and when we got to the house he had his little small square suitcase packed like a little briefcase bag and he was ready to go he had been reading the newspaper and he was he had lost his wife maybe a year ago. He was very elderly and he had scratched the inside of his ear with a paper clip while he was reading, but he had blood coming from the ear. And I, while I could see that it had now dried, he wanted to go to the hospital and he was dead set to go to the hospital. And so we carried him on the ambulance and, you know, I don't know all his reasons, but that was the call, blood coming from the ear. So, well, Actually, Rose, my oldest daughter, she she got attacked by a dog in in Arizona when we were visiting my oldest sister. Her dog attacked my my daughter when she was 15 months old. And my sister had just had a baby and so she couldn't drive. <laughs> Blood gushing, gushing from my daughter's ear. It was awful. Oh my gosh. And we all raced to the car. And I think my sister, Allison, if you're listening. I believe you left Lila in the house alone. I think we just all panicking. We got into the car and she's about to start driving. She's like, wait, I can't drive. I just had a baby. And then my other sister, we did this like fire, the, the Chinese fire drill. She gets in the car. She's like, I wait a minute. I don't know where, where to drive because this is Arizona. And I was like, forget about it. Just call 911. So we call 911 and the Arizona 
firefighters, they, they come and, uh, and, and my, my middle sister is going to kill me for telling the story only because it's really funny, actually. So the first guy comes in, I'm sorry, but he was really cute. And, and, and then, and then every, and then the firefighters, like they came in one after, one another. after another and it was just like a calendar. It was crazy. And, and, um, and my sister, I mean, my daughter was gushing blood. I don't know how, how else to say from her, but this is why this reminded me of the story from the ear, gushing blood from the ear. And my sister was sitting there flirting with a firefighter. Meanwhile, your kids just, got- just like, you know, and uh, yeah. but my, so they, they, they took us to the, to the emergency room and she got like 11 stitches in her ear. Mm. Good story. Yeah. Chandler uh, Fire Department. Hey, hey. Thank you. Chandler, Arizona. Mm. Chandler, Arizona. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, if there's there's an Arizona firefighter out there. That's right. We can get the ball. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good story. I'm sure you get called for all kinds of things. All kinds of things. In the middle of the night, yeah. So with all that, you have some free time, right? So you do 24 hours on, 48 hours off. How do you fill your 48 hours? Well, for the longest time with kids, um, my kids were both growing out of the house now. Okay. I chased the kids around um, and got them to and from um, their activities and sports and all of that stuff in school. Um, but um, in the most recent years, um, I actually have started up a company um, on the side um, that actually makes fire tools. Um, we, we only have one tool right now, but it's a very specific and tool that we make and um we have, we launched that, I guess, three years ago this last September. So we're just over three years into it. Okay. So, is, is that for sale or use only by fire departments? Or is that something a civilian regular resident would use? Uh, pretty much going to be only for firefighters. Um, it could be used um, in the demolition world as far as the construction, uh, and- construction or, you know, remodeling, I guess. Um, but it's, uh, it's very, it's a... It's called the G2 pipe pole. It's very specific for um, pulling the ceiling boards and wall boards of, um, of shiplap houses um, back before. Houses that were built in the 30s and 40s, uh, anything really before the 40s, um, before sheetrock became real prevalent. Drywall, which you may know it as. Um, back then, most of the houses had um, wood clad walls and ceilings um, and they were structural um, not like what Chip and Joanna Gaines are doing now with the remodels and decorative stuff but it was actual structure back then it made the walls um, and so the tool is very handy because we we as firefighters whether you're in the south or whether you're in the north doesn't matter um, these houses are all over um, but we have got to get into the attic space um, to check for fire extension um, during an active fire um, and the same within the walls during overhaul and stuff like that to make sure we've got it all put out. It can be very difficult with just a standard what they call pipe pole. So, No, that's a really interesting and that you've taken the initiative and, and continue to be committed to, to getting it made and, and taking uh, to the new level. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Casey, is at the end of the interview, I can uh, put a link for, for your uh, tool. So any firefighters that are listening or, or demolition people that are listening that might be interested in that tool, you guys can check it out. It sounds really cool. Be awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, okay, so may I have a quick question? Yeah, the your kids that are raised, you have two mm -hmm. kids. Are either of them interested in firefighting, or are my son they? is? Oh, yes. That's great. And he wants to be a third generation, um, so he is actually um, down at a trade school right now, learning welding and fabrication. Oh. Um, but he's getting he's at an accredited college, so he's getting his college hours so that he can start applying for firefighters. That's amazing. That's great. If if you have a, a college degree, uh. Does that, how do I ask this question? If you have a, if, if you have a degree. Do you need to have fire science? Do you, as a, does it make it easier or do you start higher up in the fire department? Like in the military, you can be an enlisted officer uh, versus uh, an officer. It doesn't work that way. At least with our department, there may be some out there that, that do. Um, I get paid more um, because I have a bachelor's degree, um, but it doesn't, it did not give me a leg up during the hiring process. Oh, okay. Um, you have to have, my department requires that you have 45 hours of college before they're even will consider your application. Hmm. So there are some out there that don't um, have to have any. Were they, was it by role or is it grandfather or they, or they've been on the, on the, department for a long time been in the department for a long time and they don't have the education or why is it that they wouldn't need any hours is that what you mean no you have to have um where i work you have to have 45 hours of college okay. and or four years of military experience with an honorable discharge mm. um in order to be able to be even considered for hiring i see that's uh, great though that's the standard that has been since i got hired in 99 um now prior to that but there are some guys in our department that got hired at 18 right out of high school when there was not a requirement. They're still somehow working on job. Hmm. So maybe they've learned or it's commiserated by this many years, hopefully, that they well, if you if you have a family member in the fire department, does that give you a leg up? Then um, does it give them no, a leg up? It's not like a legacy not kind me. of a I mean it we we have many, many um, second and third generation firefighters within my department. Um, but as far as the hiring process, it does not, it doesn't give you a leg up. Okay. You, you still have to do, if I had not been a, a good candidate, regardless of the fact that my dad was on, doesn't mean that I would get hired. I have a friend that is a police officer and has been for quite some time as a sergeant, and his father was highway patrol for a minute, like a a bunch of years and he still has not been accepted i mean as okay. a candidate for highway patrol so it's really not about hmm. who you know all the time mm -hmm. unfortunately that's interesting well now we've got to ask some fun questions all these tattoos do they have a meaning or is it yes they do they do mm -hmm. every one of them does. it's hard it's a hard question to answer yeah. I just so I have a bunch of tattoos. So, right, so Andy has a bunch of tattoos. She she my, gets my legs are on her yeah her legs. But like, any time that she travels, she gets like a passport. Oh really? Stamp stamp. But I have other cool. I have others like if the viewers can see. I mean, Casey has his arm is full sleeve, and then he's got his you know half sleeve over here and some other work. But yeah. they all have some type of story. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, well, I know I know a firefighter that when she graduated the academy all of the, the people in the classes she was with they all got the same tattoo or something 
I was just wondering if you had anything like that. Um, I don't have anything that anyone else has. Uh, oh, okay. On mine at all. Just me. Just you? Yeah. Just, all right. It's just him. Favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite fire movie or just favorite movie? We can do favorite movie and then favorite fire movie if you want to answer it like that. Oh, probably my favorite movie of all time is Lonesome Dove. Oh. Uh, it's just, I love it. I, okay. watch it. I watch it every year. Um, that's kind of a tradition for me. I, I may watch it more than once a year, but usually on Christmas, after the kids are done opening presents and everything settles down, everybody's going on doing their thing, I sit down for about four hours and watch Lonesome Dove. Was it a Christmas movie? No, 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 no. no. I just I have that time. <laughs> it's a four hours. Four hours. Yeah, it's a two-disc movie. Scroll on the I don't know. No, and it's also uh, one of those like rainy or snow day or like oh, you know, yeah. day off or like I don't feel good today and I'm not getting out. That's that. It's a really good. It's more western Texas cowboys, Texas marshals okay yeah the most the most western i get is yellowstone i love that show yellowstone yeah, Stone's a good show but it doesn't texas rangers i apologize were they rangers they were texas rangers. or chuck norris uh the no 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 no, no he doesn't compete with these two <laughs> <laughs> okay well favorite fire movie oh uh, probably just have to be background everybody says that what about I ask every I ask every one of you guys too? Um, did you see uh, what was it called? What's uh, the Mark Wahlberg? Oh, the, um, you have to get Mark Wahlberg to come. Yeah, do the, the horizons. Uh, Mark, if you're deep horizons. The, yeah, the oil spill, the BP oil spill on the coast, and then they were like offshore, and then there was fires. I mean, tons and tons of fires there. I don't think he was fighting fire, but he was in it, and they were escaping. It was a lot of fire. I think at this at this point we're starting a campaign. Mark, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> if you're watching, Marky Mark, Mark, we're of the age. Well, all of us. Gonna hate us. No, he's a. Did you said Marky Mark? He's, he's gonna hate us. No, he's the funky bunch guy. You always will be. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, it's good. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. That takes us back in time. Yeah, if you were asked to be in a calendar. Oh, would yeah. you be in a calendar or have yeah. you ever been asked i've never been asked has anybody in your surroundings in this municipality uh, we actually had my department had the calendar several years ago wow. it's been a while the mythical calendar i've never actually seen one of these calendars but oh. they're out there they exist yeah. i don't know that i would do it they're like 1999 2000 models or like are they like current more in the millennium did they have one and how did they do that? Did they just put out something on the like, hey, if you want to volunteer? I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't that's ask. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Somebody's wife got creative with her new craft kit or something. Yeah. You. you weren't asked, but maybe because they didn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so well, you no, know, there, if there's a good reason or good cause and it was appropriate, you know, I, I think guess. I would do it. I mean, I would I would not for firefighters, but write it. Well, when, when the gala comes, Hank, if you're listening, I didn't forget, we're going to auction you off, honey. Yeah, Hank, he's funny. That he's, guy was hilarious. He's, really, he's very shy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great mustache, though. You have to watch. He's got the, the best fireman mustache. And he gave it a good shot with the arm wrestling. He did. But, but I'm not sure he didn't cave to the lieutenant. Yeah. I think in in a few, hopefully next episode or episode after there's another firefighter named Rudy, and I think he's going to bring someone. It's, there's going to be a, a rematch uh, arm wrestle. 
it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, well, I just, I really appreciate you Casey for coming and spending time with us and hearing your stories and it's been a good time. And, uh, you are just very much appreciated and very inspirational. And I love that you've been doing this for, for so long and just very passionate about it and helping others. And that, uh, we wish you, uh, a long, successful uh, career and stay safe out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, I had a good time. Thank you for coming. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, uh, please subscribe and donate to Fuel the Firefighters so we can show the firefighters and rescue uh, the appropriate uh, appreciation for all that they do for us in our community throughout America and and I guess for right now, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but uh, hopefully in the future, uh, the whole nation. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.